After spending all of that time and that energy to arrive at a productive solution, nothing happened. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without losing your soul or your mind in the process. The team and I had just invested three hours wrestling with this big issue. We defined the criteria that would make for a good decision. We had healthy debate, all different options. We listened to one another, challenged each other's alternatives. We considered consequences to the organization. We pushed hard looking for the best answers. And finally, we made a decision. Or we thought we did. Six weeks later, we were back together to discuss what had happened, and everyone was looking sideways at each other. Maybe you know the look. A little nervous, eyes wide, searching for the room for safety in numbers. But no one had followed through on what we said we were going to do. Not one person. After spending all of that time and that energy to arrive at a productive solution, nothing happened. We'd wasted our time. Maybe you've been there. If so, you're definitely not alone. There's so many teams and leaders that have experienced this frustrating lack of follow-through after decisions are made. It can happen even when you have a really high-caliber, motivated team. And certainly the team that, that I was leading at that point fit that description, very motivated, and took their work seriously. When you've arrived at a decision, if all you've done is make the decision, you still haven't answered several other critical questions. You've answered the why, as in, why do we want to do this? But the answers to the next three questions take that decision from being a nice idea and turn it into reality, into something that gets done. The good news is that you can answer these questions in just five minutes. And these are five minutes that will take your meetings from discussion to getting things done. Five minutes to ensure you have clarity, accountability, and results. Who is doing what? A specific person doing a specific task. Or maybe there will be several people or everybody in the room. But specifically, who is going to do what? Now, obviously, this is two questions, who is doing what? But you, know, you combine them because it forces ownership. There's no task without a specific person having responsibility to complete it. Second question, by when? As a team, agree upon your deadline. What is the finish line for, this, for these tasks to be completed? When those dates and times are shared and everyone knows and owns them, they're a lot more likely to be observed. And then question three. This is the critical question, and it's the one that most leaders and most teams ignore. How will we know? When someone completes the task, what is it they do next? Do they need to pass the results to another person, to a group? Should they update the team and let them know what happened? Will they make a presentation with their findings? Do they report the completion of the task into some project management software? The specific answers depend on the task and the project, but the point is accountability and efficiency. Everyone knows what they're accountable to do. The team knows if it's been completed, and no one's left waiting around for information that they might need. So let's take a specific example. Let's say that we have a great discussion. We decide that we are all going to leave this meeting, 
And over the next week, we are going to ask our top three customers these three questions. And we say, you know, question A, question B, question C. We're going to compile all that information, and then we're going to send it to Brenda. Let's say we're going to send it to Brenda by 5 o'clock Friday. Once Brenda's got the information, she's going to process it and come up with a new process based on that information, and she's going to send that out to all of us by Wednesday at end of business. So who is doing what? Who, each of us, is doing what? Going to call those customers, top three customers, and then ask them those three questions, A, B, C. Then we're going to do what? That's right, we're going to send that information to Brenda by when? 5 p.m. Friday. What's Brenda going to do? She's going to circle back around, get the process, the new process designed and out to all of us by end of business on Wednesday. So who is doing what? We've got that. By when? We've got our finish lines. How will we know? This is critical. Brenda will know if someone hasn't sent her what she needs because she doesn't have it by 5 o'clock Friday. We will all know that the process was completed because Brenda will send us that new process by the end of business on Wednesday. If at any point in that process it hasn't happened, somebody needs to pick up the phone and have a conversation. We'll talk about what that conversation looks like in a future episode, but for now, if you want your meetings to produce results and not be an endless circling of time and a time sink that everybody is frustrated by, commit to closing any meeting you have by asking these questions. By the way, you don't have to be the leader of the meeting to ask these questions. In fact, this is a great way to stand out. If you are a frontline leader or maybe you're an aspiring manager who is listening to this podcast and you want to distinguish yourself, you want to stand out from other leaders, at the end of a meeting where a decision's been made, raise your hand and do these questions. When you do this sort of check for understanding, you distinguish yourself as somebody who takes responsibility for results. I've been in this situation. I was in a meeting one time. I remember where there were several CEOs in the room. There was the superintendent of a school district, uh, a state senator, several different folks. I was the lowest ranking person in the room. And we had a great meeting, discussed some really positive forward momentum on a project we were working on. And as the meeting wrapped up and everybody was congratulating themselves on a good conversation, I raised my hand and said, hey, listen, I just want to make sure that I've got this straight. Mrs. CEO, you're going to be doing this. And then you're going to send that information here. And then, uh, Mr. Senator, you're going to do this. And then it's my job to take all of that and give this to you. And I will have that back to you by the 30th. Do I have that right? I took responsibility for it myself. But in doing so, I clarified everybody's task who was doing what, by when, and how we would all know and be able to hold one another accountable. You can do the same thing. And when you do, you stand out as a leader who gets things done, who takes responsibility and ensures clarity. Listen, these questions aren't new. You've probably learned them in your earliest school days, who, what, when, so on. But it's amazing, despite their simplicity, how many teams struggle to get things done because they don't clearly answer every one of these questions every meeting. So whether you're meeting, if a decision was made and action is coming out of that meeting, take these five minutes to ensure clarity, 
accountability, and results. I love answering questions and I look forward to answering yours. Love to hear your question on the latest episode that you've listened to or any of the past episodes or any leadership management related question that you might have. And there are two ways that you can leave that question for me. Uh, first, you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com and you'll see the appropriate button. You can click that and record your question. Or the other option is email it to me at david.dye at letsgrowleaders.com. Now, today's question comes to us from Beth, and she's writing in response to the episode uh, where we interviewed Sarah Kennedy about her book, Leadership Unchained. And Beth had a question about the concept of the strategic pause. Dear David, I hear what Sarah is saying about taking a strategic pause, but that just doesn't seem realistic. Everyone's answer for productivity is get up an hour earlier, and I get that, but I can't get up any earlier. I'm already getting up early enough to help my family get ready, and work already consumes a tremendous amount of my time. I know I need to take those strategic pauses, but I just am not sure how. Do you have any advice? Beth, I am sure that just about every leader out there can empathize with your question, and thanks for, for asking it. I guess first the, the first, my first answer to this question is that there are no easy answers. I completely agree with Sarah regarding the value and the strategic importance of taking those pauses, and this is something that I wrestle with. It feels good to accomplish things. Even if those things are not strategically important, it's easy to get focused on crossing something off of our list and feeling that that is achievement when it's really not. And so a couple of things that I would recommend that have helped me um, in regard to taking these strategic pauses. First is, you know, when we talk about the MIT, we say, mind the MIT. What is it that is actually most important? What is it that means you win? And winning can mean a lot of different things in your work. There are some tasks and some goals and some outcomes that are what actually matter for the work you do. And it's so important to be crystal clear about those objectives. If you had to narrow it down and say there are two top three things that you and your team achieve that contribute to the organization's overall success, that your supervisor, your leader, your department, your organization really rely on you for, what are they? Those are the most important things have that kind of critical laser focus on those so that you can ignore some of the noise. Uh, One time when Karen took a new role, I love this question. Uh, She took a new role and her supervisor gave her a sheet of 58 different tasks that were part of her job description and asked Karen, look over this list and I want you to tell me which of these 58 are you going to fail at? And Karen, being a high achiever like many of us, looked back at her supervisor and said, what do you mean? And her supervisor said, listen, it's impossible for you to succeed at all 58 of these. You've got to know what matters most, what's most important. I don't want you to intentionally fail at some of these others, but recognize that if you do what matters most, you're not going to be able to do all the other things. So that's my first suggestion, Beth, is get super focused on what actually matters. 
Second is don't overstress about what it means to take a strategic pause. The reality is there are 30 minutes somewhere in our week where we cannot be actively working in terms of doing something, typing something, on a phone call, on an email, on a conference. 30 minutes, that's what we're talking about. And so that might be 30 minutes during lunch. For me, one of my practices, and I would work 10, 12-hour days, but I would always take a lunch break, if at all possible, at least 30 minutes, where for me, I was by myself, and I know there are books, Never Eat Alone, and all of that. I get that about networking. But from a strategic pause standpoint, I needed to clear my head and look at things with a fresh perspective. And so when the weather was good enough, I would walk to that lunch. Maybe carry lunch with me and walk. There are a lot of different ways to do it, and everybody is different. So I don't want to be prescriptive and say this is the one way. But what is that going to look like for you? Where is your 30 minutes? I promise that it's available sometime in the course of your work. I've worked with thousands of managers, and so far I haven't found a single one who didn't find that 30 minutes somewhere in the course of their week. It's available, but we have to get creative sometimes on how we look for it. Now, the third suggestion I'm going to offer has to be used with care. If you are facing competing priorities that you can't possibly succeed with and can't achieve all of them, and you have the data and the proof that that's the case, it can be worth a conversation with your supervisor and say, listen, here's what I'm looking at. We've got this priority and this priority, and these are the resources we have available. I don't see how these can be done in the same amount of time. And I'm curious, from your perspective, which one you would prioritize? I have often found it to be the case that as a very motivated, dedicated leader, I was over-prioritizing things that my boss had no interest in having done right away. And I would be surprised sometimes to hear, you know, oh, that doesn't need to be done for a couple of weeks when I had it on my list as needs to be done today or tomorrow. And so sometimes that conversation can be very helpful. Now, that depends on your relationship. It depends on how you're perceived. You need to have some emotional awareness going into that conversation because you don't want to get yourself in a difficult situation. But sometimes that can also help free up opportunities for you to take that strategic pause. In fact, having that conversation itself and getting some help with prioritization is itself a strategic pause. Beth, thanks again for asking that question. That is definitely a tough one that everybody wrestles with. I just want to encourage you that it is possible. Get creative, look for it, have the prioritization conversations, laser focus in on what matters most, and get okay with some of those other things not being done. I know that if you're a high performer or a high achiever, that can feel very uncomfortable, but it is what some of the highest performers are really good at. They're able to tune out and ignore the things that don't matter as much. And speaking of the things that matter most, again, as you are attending your next meeting or leading your next meeting, at the end of that meeting, spend those five minutes to get clarity, accountability, and results by asking who is doing what, by when, and how everyone will know. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>